PM Board Bombs. All right, welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where we help you study for boards, but in reality, we help you study for hashtag EM Life, one rapid podcast at a time. I'm Blake Briggs. I'm joined today, the amazing, the incredible member of our team, Dr. Marlena Wasiski. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> it's great to have you back. How's life? Life's great. Glad to be here as always. Good. Good to have you. We are back again talking about another amazing topic of emergency medicine. You know, last week we talked about cardiogenic shock, which was, let's be honest, pretty much just bashing everything about the code sepsis protocols. <laughs> It was fantastic. It was the usual rampage on uh, lactate levels and uh, 30 cc's per kg protocols. So so this week we're going to try to stay on the good side of many consultants, especially urology, and talk about how you don't need to call urology for the majority of these things that we're about to talk about, which is really going to make them really happy. So for each 15-20 minute episode, you gain high yield board knowledge, as we like to say, come for the stems, stay for the content. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or as Iltafat said last week, all of the Facebooks. <laughs> <laughs> and our handle is at EM Board Bombs. So let's dive into it. We've got an interesting stem for you today. 67-year-old male arriving to your ED with complaints of abdominal pain. He states this has never happened before. He says over the past few days he has had increasing difficulty initiating a stream and only dribbles of urine come out. You ask him to describe his pain, and he replies immediately saying, it feels like I'm going to have a baby. One of the nurses hears this and chuckles, leaving the room saying, that patient said they feel like they're going to have a baby. Unfortunately, another nurse hears this and assumes it's a female, so alerts the charge nurse saying, there's a female patient in room 10 feeling like they're about to have a baby. <laughs> the charge nurse activates code STORK, your hospital's response team for deliveries, and the neonatal response team, OBGYN, and L&D nursing team are paged. The baby warmer is also brought outside the patient's room. You have no idea what is going on inside the room and quickly move to your physical exam. On exam, the patient has a very tender abdomen to touch, especially in the perimbilical and suprapubic areas. The patient endorses a history of hypertension and diabetes. His vitals are normal. Which of the following is the best next step besides stopping the code stork? Choice A, bedside ultrasound. Choice B, urine analysis. Choice C, CT, amen, and pelvis with IV contrast. Choice D, Abdominal upright x-ray. Marlena, what's the correct answer? The correct answer here is A, the bedside ultrasound. Woohoo, focus for the win. We talked about focus last week in cardiogenic shock. We're going to talk about it again this week, just all over ultrasound. Hey, before we get into that, tell us about EM Rapid Bombs, why people need to sign up and stop just listening to the main podcast. Yeah, EM Rapid Bombs is great. We have literally hundreds of episodes with multiple new episodes delivered directly to your favorite streaming app every week. It allows you to maximize your studying with, you know, two to three minute focused episodes and focused question stems that you can just integrate into your daily life. Drip learning. No bolus is here. No 30 cc's per kilo bolus. This is maintenance fluid learning. Oh, I love that. That's good. That's good. This is like that time when you're closing the gap with DK and you're toward the end. You know, you've already won the game basically, but mm -hmm. you're just easing the landing, you know, D5 infusion with some insulin. Exactly. This is that time, yeah, you're just doing the nice little infusion. That's awesome. 
Yeah, so don't waste your time studying for just the test. And that's the best part about this. You're not just doing you know, question banks where you forget the answer a week later. You're optimizing your time and listening to our rapid board pearls. And they'll help you with life too. Cool. So what are we talking about today? Obviously the question stem was pretty helpful. It's that classic, you know, middle-aged to older male coming in with this complaint, but it could be other people too, right? So tell us about what we're talking about. Yeah, so we're talking about acute urinary retention today. It's much more common in older men, usually because of the prostatic enlargement. That specifically can be set off by uh, things like BPH, UTIs, medications. Uh, we used a 67-year-old man in this question stem, which was what you'll probably usually see on the test. And that's because like 10% of men in their 70s will have an episode of acute urinary retention. And by the time they're in their 80s, it's literally a third of men will have an episode of this. So pretty frequent increasing with age. Yeah, it's an unbelievably higher amount than I was expecting. Yeah. One, it's, it's like cataracts, right? It's more... <laughs> abnormal if they don't have it. Well, what's what's even funnier about this is whenever a man comes in complaining of pain with urination or something like that, we always immediately jump to UTI, even though that's like insanely low compared to this problem. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like we always try to get the UA and we're like, oh, we'll just look for UTI. And I'm like, what are your chances of finding UTI in a 70-year-old male versus acute urinary retention? <laughs> right, exactly. And sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like an intern or a student will be like, man, I've been waiting for this urine for like four hours, five <laughs> hours. And you're like, do you think maybe the man can't pee? Yeah. How much can the normal bladder hold? Yeah. So realistically. the normal, normal bladder can comfortably hold 600 mLs. When you have more than that, it starts to become uncomfortable and painful. Um, which is why the patient usually comes in saying they're having pain. Um, they're oftentimes also tell you that they're unable to avoid or fully avoid like the patient in this question stem and they can even have nausea and vomiting just from the pain itself right yeah it's interesting because in per on purpose on this question stem i just didn't want to come out and say that he couldn't avoid because uh, some patients you know they'll say i haven't peed in a while but actually in reality so many of these patients will have like dribbles of urine and so you have to be very cautious when you're asking these questions because sometimes they're not going to just come out and say i haven't peed in you know two days or something you know, it's going to be very nonspecific sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And and we also have the issue where we use words like hesitancy and urgency yes. when we're talking to the patients. They don't really know what that means. No, 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 absolutely. Sure. So one of the things you also want to think about if the patient can't talk to you is that men presenting like agitated or altered from their nursing home. They could have a UTI from BPH and, you know, poor urinary emptying, but also an acute kidney injury and uremia can be present and cause the altered mental status. And then something the test often does is mentions a palpable lower abdominal mass, and that's supposed to make you start thinking about the bladder. Or AAA. <laughs> or, or AAA, yeah, which we'll actually talk about a little further on. Yes, exactly. Um, do you want to tell us about <laughs> yeah, two special populations? Yes, so women can also get this too. It is much more rare. And if they do have it, you need to really evaluate other more rare causes. Obviously, women don't have a prostate, and so they have other strange things that can cause acute nerve retention that should get your attention, like any type of tumor, pelvic or GYN tumors especially, and then uterine prolapse. And of course, this includes doing a pelvic exam, which is often forgotten about, and that's not right. That's part of the physical exam. And the pelvic exam will note a prolapse or urethral diverticulum. In general, the pelvic exam is important, right? Because that's, you would do, basically, if a male was complaining of a genital complaint, you would do a male GU exam. The same thing goes for females. So pediatrics 
is also going to be complex. We're not getting into that. It's not common in kids to have acute urinary retention. It includes a lot of strange things that adult <laughs> adult providers don't want to talk about, like ectopic ureters, ureteral seals, posterior urethral valves. Basically, you want to refer for an ultrasound, treat any infection in the ED, have a urologist see them. That's really about it for kids. That's all we're going to talk about for kids. So ureteral strictures can occur at any time, uh, and they can be older just because they come in and they're in their middle ages, and females or males, they could have a cause of acute urinary retention. It's very important to remember that. What are some red flag symptoms we've got to worry about here, Marlena? Yeah, so red flag symptoms or history factors with acute urinary retention are going to include any kind of cancer history or like a genetic syndrome predisposing someone to cancer, someone that has a tr- history of a triple A, like we talked about before. Oh, yeah both because that could be what you're feeling and because an expanding AAA itself could be causing some kind of blockage. Then you've got back pain plus or minus neurosymptoms. Don't forget that that is an emergent cause of urinary retention. Um, Bowel incontinence, saddle anesthesia, check for those things. If the patient's had recent trauma, especially trauma to the back, chest, or abdomen, And then someone who has a smoking history with painless hematuria, you might even see some kind of mass on ultrasound, or if they have urine with big clots in it, those would also be red flags that say Mm -hmm. you need to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, and obviously some medications are going to come up here, clearly, and medications are probably the most common cause, especially outside of BPH. I would say medications are top, top choice here. And medications increase the risk for neurogenic bladder, and that's going to be anticholinergics like Benadryl, my favorite. And as yeah. in, that was a joke. If you've, if you, anyone reads any news, <laughs> Please don't. and um, antipsychotics, any type of TCAs, opioids, benzos, a lot of sedative medications, basically, as you can imagine here. But even sympathometics like pseudoephedrine or phenylephrine, which both are over the counter, and amphetamines. So symptoms of BPH here are what we've kind of mentioned already. Long term, over a lifespan. Males are going to have hesitancy, incontinence, intermittent symptoms, frequency, fullness, urgency, nocturia. They may dribble a little bit at night. Remember that this is all caused by extrinsic compression. So the urinary strain will be weak even when the patient is straining. If you do a prostate exam, and you don't have to do a prostate exam in the ED for patients presenting with you know, uncomplicated, straightforward acute urinary retention, if you have a concern for prostatitis or neurogenic causes, that's a whole different story. But in general, the prostate... This isn't from prostate cancer. BPH is not a cancer thing. It's a just long-term health problem that has to do with being a male and you get older. Smooth, firm prostate. There's no nodules, no induration. Patients are typically started on alpha blockers, and they'll need potentially some type of surgical treatment in the future, and that's really none of your business or nothing that really matters right now. In general, you're going to treat acute urinary retention from BPH, and there's a 1 in 5 recurrence rate in the next 6 months, so there's a good chance you'll see these patients again. So let's talk about diagnosis here and kind of where you'd go further. And this gets into what the answer choices were and why we chose bedside ultrasound. Yeah, so bedside ultrasound is something that's super helpful here for various reasons. One, you can obviously look at the bladder. You can measure the bladder. Sometimes, um, you know, your nurses will have bladder scanners. They can do that for you. If that's not if totally they can find matching them. up. Right. They always disappear when a male comes in with acute urinary retention. Right. I definitely spent... A month in an ICU where the whole month there was no bladder scanner in the ICU. And I did so many ultrasounds uh, of the bladder. It was a lot. But then also, like, if if what the bladder scanner is measuring doesn't quite make sense, just get your ultrasound and do it yourself. Because sometimes they pick up other weird things that aren't 
supposed to be what it's measuring. So when in doubt, do it yourself. It can be helpful to get a post-void residual immediately after they've attempted to urinate and know that in men, greater than 100 mLs is abnormally high. Um, And that can develop because of loss of bladder contractility that happens with chronic obstruction. And then remember that amount, you know, 600 mLs is what's comfortable. Anything greater than that with an inability to empty is going to be concerning. So you can also extend your ultrasound up and look at the kidneys, and that should show bilateral hydronephrosis because in BPH obstruction, it's from the lower urinary tract. So if you are seeing unilateral hydronephrosis, then that would be concerning for something else. That's a really good point. Yeah, definitely. In renal insufficiency, remember, you can always see the hyperkalemia, uremia, acidosis. Right. Yeah. And if it's it's on that note, if the bladder is completely obstructed for a long time, the patient can start having a post-obstructive AKI and you'll see that creatinine rise potentially. The big thing here is you want to avoid giving a lot of antibiotics though. I see a trend, especially with residents and students, to think about giving antibiotics, even if it's just uncomplicated acute urinary retention. And that's not the right call. If the UA looks pretty bland, you can always follow up with a culture and you should probably, you know, be a good antibiotic steward here and not just throw antibiotics at something. Especially yeah, Cipro. Yeah, God, please don't. Get I love when patients Cipro. tell me when I do have to treat UTI, and I'm like, "Hey, what are you allergic to?" That kind of thing, and I'm like, oh, "We just, we just, you know, we've been on Cipro a lot." I'm like, "Don't you worry, I'm not going to give that." <laughs> They're like, "And you know, with my AAA history." <clears throat> yeah, my tendons. I play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and just a quick plug here: we do have EM Rapid Bomb episodes on post-obstructive mm-hmm. diuresis and on how to interpret urinary cultures. So right. Yeah, we do. We cover a lot on urine analysis and peds and adults. And Iltavad has several episodes on acute neurotension, retention. So it's pretty interesting stuff. So check that out for more details on how to not overprescribe antibiotics and the right antibiotic choice too. So why don't we talk a little bit more about the bladder scan ultrasound? What are you doing here? Obviously, after you confirm with the bedside ultrasound, that's basically the next, next step after this question, yeah, right? Yeah. So- Yeah, exactly. And like the test may present you with patient presenting with acute urinary retention, and then it'll ask, what's your next step? Which is not CT scan. Yes, please don't do CT scan. Kind of a poor move if you do a CT scan and the radiologist calls you saying, uh, this patient has acute urinary retention, and then you feel really bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's like getting a CT scan for constipation. Yes, that too. You feel like you should have figured it out. Unfortunately, that happens a lot too. (laughs) Yeah, it does happen a lot. And also don't the next best step is not to call urology either. Yes. You can handle this. This You're is an great. Doctor. Urologists this are is... clapping everywhere. Yeah. They yes. want you to run. They actually want you to run for president. They just called me. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> I love having their backing. <laughs> so that's because you know how to put in a Foley. Your nurse knows how to put in a Foley. And the next step is going to be to decompress the bladder by placing an indwelling catheter. Um, that should immediately cause relief of the retention and the abdominal pain. You know, if the urine is not draining or the pain is not relieved, then you should, you know, consider the further diagnostics. And if the urine's not draining, you should probably be worried about your Foley in general, mm-hmm. where your balloon is inflated, where it's ending, etc. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> if both the nurse and yourself have failed in catheter placement and you've tried using the CUDE tip and you were making sure to face the CUDE in the correct direction, mm-hmm. then the urology consult would be indicated for placement as the patient may need like a cytoscopy with dilation to actually place something. 
if you don't have access to a urologist in-house, then you get to do this fun, crazy-sounding procedure where you place a suprapubic percutaneous catheter. Please use ultrasound for guidance. If you have it, you're essentially aiming for two finger breaths above the pubic symphysis, but I don't think that's something that most of us would ever... So I've done one of these. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and so. it's, it's easier than putting an ultrasound guided IV. You're aiming for a large target. You can use an angiocath, and then you'll use that. You'll just drain with that angiocath and pull fluid out. Sometimes that's the easiest thing you can do, and the least invasive, right? Just using the needle at that time. And you're getting just enough out where you're drawing a sample, and you're also just relieving their pain. Hopefully that helps at the time. So that's always one option. Wow, that's cool that you've done one. Mm-hmm. Well, not for the patient, fortunately. <laughs> I've done one on a sim. There we go. A very full water balloon. Oh wow! <laughs> Did the sim survive? Um, the water balloon didn't survive. Oh my gosh! All right. So, wh- where does CT scan come into this? So, CT scan would be the diagnostic test of choice if you have any concern for masses, right? So, we talked about females. So that's one concern. Or males, where BPH is not going to be a cause. So, IV pyelography or retrograde pyelography isn't something you'd be ordering by yourself and isn't something you really have to worry about here. Urology consult and doing a rug is indicated if there's concern for acute urethral trauma. Again, outside the scope of this, you wouldn't be doing a catheter just ahead of time on its own anyway. That's a whole different picture here. If they come in with a trauma picture, you know you would never try to attempt placing a Foley first. That's like a big no-no. It always a wrong answer on a test. What are we doing with these dispositions here? Are we admitting all of them? What are we doing? No, love it when I can talk about sending people home. Yes, so absolutely. A lot of these patients, you know, the ones that are non-toxic, they can be discharged with the catheter in place, mm-hmm. and they can follow up with a urologist in two to three days for avoiding trial. Woohoo! And that also means the urology consult in the ED, again, is not necessary. Uh, you want to ensure that they have follow-up, but the urologist doesn't need to come see them unless you're worried about something more complex. People that would need admission, you know, if it's, if they're elderly, altered, sick from their UTI associated with this, that's a different story. They would need admission. If they have an AKI with post-obstructive diuresis, that's an indication for admission, especially for a patient that has fluid-sensitive comorbidities like CKD or heart failure because they're going to need you know, fluid replacement at a judicious rate given their comorbidities as well. And then someone who has a solitary kidney with an acute urinary obstruction would be another Just reason. One, one little kidney. Yeah. Gotta make it work. Making its way in the world. Gotta make that pelvic kidney work. Yeah. We need to come up with your um, campaign slogans. Wasiski Kuhn for president. (laughs) American Academy of Urology is uh, whatever it's called, the AUA, American Urology Association, right? They are completely backing you. They have their own super PAC and everything now. I love that. Let Dr. Wasiski Kuhn woo you. I'll work on it. We'll think of some things here, but urologists definitely are going to be, they listen to this podcast, not that they would actually. And um, last week we were joking that dermatologists were listening to our podcast about cardiogenic shock. It's a long story. You just have to listen to it. And um, (laughs) this week we're now going to talk about urologists and how they're listening to an EM podcast on this. They're going to be overjoyed. You know, maybe if they're just a truly blue collar urologist, they Mm -hmm. might be into it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they're going to drop a five-star review and say, thank you, Dr. Wasiski-Kuhn. I'm sick of getting consults. <laughs> I accept. I'll put it on my campaign poster. <laughs> no more ED consults for cute urinary retention. It's uncomplicated. <laughs> it's the right of every American. <laughs> it's the right of every American to leave the ED with a fully in place. <laughs>
All right, let's wrap this up. Again, you can check out EM Rapid Bombs at emrapidbombs.supercast.com. Remember, two to four minute episodes, multiple times a week, drip learning. We are in full support of urologists having the weekend off. (laughs) (laughs) And EM being an independent field. Anyway, thanks for listening. You got anything else, Marlena? No, catch you next time. See you next time. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye.